So we have a lot to get to today, including uh, the acknowledgement of our divine intervention regarding MoviePass, uh, and also a fruit that's trying to get to the bottom of 9-11, and another example of Republicans standing very awkwardly. Uh, but first, we should provide an update regarding the Trump FBI search, because there are a few important things expected to happen this week, including the potential release of that sealed affidavit, which, depending on how much of it is actually made public, would provide more specific reasoning behind the motivation to retrieve important documents that were being held at Mar-a-Lago. And one thing we definitely saw coming, though, was while Trump is publicly stating that there's nothing to hide at all, and that information regarding this raid should be released. Raid! We thought, you know, he would just keep doing whatever it takes to stop the investigation in its tracks, or at least attempt to slow it down. Yeah, which is what happened at the start of this week, when Trump filed a lawsuit attempting to stop investigators from reviewing documents that were seized during the search of Mar-a-Lago until a third party is brought in to see if any of it can be withheld. Uh, here's Politico with more on this. In a legal filing Monday afternoon in federal court in Florida, attorneys for Trump asked the court to appoint a third party to sift through the records FBI seized two weeks ago as part of an investigation into unlawful retention of classified information, misappropriation of presidential and federal records, and potential obstruction of justice. Quote, This matter has captured the attention of the American public, Trump's motion says. Merely adequate safeguards are not acceptable when the matter at hand involves not only the constitutional rights of President Trump, but also the preservation of executive privilege. Uh, in the submission, styled as a motion for judicial oversight and additional relief, Trump's lawyers also asked that investigators be blocked from further review of these seized materials until a third-party review process is in place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Trump's attorney said that they were informed by a prosecutor that a Justice Department filter team is reviewing the seized records to call out any privileged materials, but the Trump lawyers contend that that safeguard isn't sufficient. Trump also issued a statement that called the raid despicable and said he wants the records back so that he can just give them to the National Archives for eventual inclusion in the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library and Museum. Quote, we are now demanding that the Department of Justice be <laughs> instructed to immediately stop the review of documents illegally seized from my home. All documents have been previously declassified, Trump declared. Justice Department spokesman Anthony Coley said government lawyers would deal with Trump's latest legal salvo in court. Quote, the August 8th search warrant at Mar-a-Lago was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause, Coley said in a statement. The department is aware of this evening's motion. The United States will file its response in court. So yeah, basically this boils down to Trump just trying whatever legal avenue that he can to suppress or delay the investigation. And all this does is put a small speed bump in front of investigators. It's literally just a man trying to bide his time. Yeah. It's a, it's a rat in a cage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kudos to him. He actually got some lawyers to work on this. Yeah, he's having a little more trouble up in uh, New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, he filed a, a recent legal motion uh, and listed himself as his own attorney. Yeah, I think which, this, that uh, might have been this one, but it was like, I think it was just a filing error or something. Yeah, but it is funny to imagine him defending himself in court. Put this man's lawyer, and by that I mean him, on the stand. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, since we're on the topic of weird-looking conservatives, let's check in on Trump's main competition for his party's nomination in the 2024 presidential race. That'd be Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, a man who just loves standing normally, just like the former president. <laughs> yeah, he had that lean, didn't he? Just a normal guy who looks totally normal. Yep, nothing to see here, just a man standing. Just a man who gained 20 30, 40 pounds during the pandemic and forgot to take his suit down to the tailors. <laughs> I cannot wait to get this thing off. 
So yeah, the, the source of this cursed image is an event in Pittsburgh this past weekend where uh, DeSantis turned up to support and endorse Pennsylvania Republican gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano. But it looks like Mr. DeSantis hasn't picked up a new fresh-fitting suit in quite a while mm-hmm. because he looks a little restricted. And yeah, while it's definitely fun to laugh at DeSantis for looking like a total dork, this guy is actively responsible for the rapid rollout of outrageous and in some cases dangerous new policies uh, using his home state as a testing ground for the rest of the country should he unfortunately gain more power. I mean, the, the states are constitutionally regarded as laboratories of democracy, but Florida is more of a meth lab of democracy. <laughs> yeah. So one of the more ridiculous recent bills passed under DeSantis watch is HB 1467, which took effect last month and, among other things, restricts the reading material that's available in public schools until a certified educational media specialist can review all submitted material and then approve or deny it based on the state's requirements. This is per school district too, by the way. So these certified specialists will need to review any and all reading material submitted in each district. And yeah, I mean, it really seems like the state is just going to deny any material that contains language deemed offensive or material that takes an uncensored or critical look at American history. So a book ban. Yeah. And I mean, especially for the younger grades, a lot of the, a lot of the books that teachers read to those kids are donated. And mm-hmm. this, this includes any, like you're basically, you're, you're just not allowed to donate to teachers uh, yes. anymore. Well, you know. Teachers, uh, you, have, you have enough resources as it is. Yeah, exactly. Something that wouldn't be, I guess, as, as far as donations go, yeah. uh, wouldn't be as big of a deal if the education system were properly funded. Instead of reading from some story, some woke storybook, why don't you <laughs> tell the kids about some stories from Iraq? Yeah. Because you are a brand new teacher with a high school degree who... Uh, you, you know, Proudly, you, you only have this job because we opened up teaching positions to veterans mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. Anyways, despite the new school year having just started, there is basically a freeze on any new book purchases or donations at all until these book monitor rules are filled, uh, which, of course, has led us to the very stupid and outrageous headline. Florida district declines dictionary donations as it navigates a new book law. It might be one of those woke dictionaries. I mean, clearly the dictionary contains words that we do not like. It's got critical, it's got race, and it's got theory. Get it out of here. Mm -hmm. Here's NPR with more. A school district in southwestern Florida has made headlines for rejecting a donation of dictionaries because of a freeze on new books in its libraries and classrooms. That freeze is temporarily in place while officials navigate a new state law that gives parents more control over the selection of reading and instructional materials in schools. The changing guidance is posing a logistical challenge for school districts, many of which have already begun the new school year and are scrambling to sort out compliance and new best practices. That's been the case in Sarasota. God damn it. Where the Sarasota Herald Tribune reports that hundreds of dictionaries are gathering dust after district officials declined a Venice Rotary Club's donation. The club has donated more than 4,000 dictionaries to Sarasota Elementary Schools for nearly 15 consecutive years in partnership with a nonprofit called the Dictionary Project, member Gar Reese told the newspaper. This was the first year that they were declined. It all comes back to Sarasota, doesn't it? The Dictionary Project was told that they would have to wait until January to see if the donations could ultimately be accepted. And that's, quote, in part because the law requires all reading material in schools, regardless of whether it's purchased or donated, to be selected by a certified education media specialist. And the district doesn't currently have any working in its schools. 
And it's not just Florida, though I'm sure that you won't be surprised to learn that the next state we're going to talk about is Texas. Yeah, over in Texas, they're doing that whole book banning mess too. And last week it was reported that in one district, a GOP favorite has been caught up with the rest. The Bible. No! My favorite. Oh, and an, and an adaptation of Anne Frank's diary, too. Just for good measure. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, here's the New York Times. One day before students returned to classrooms in North Texas, a school district ordered principals and librarians to remove books, including the Bible and a graphic novel adaptation of Anne Frank's The Diary of a Young Girl from libraries and classrooms. The Keller Independent School District reviewed the 41 challenged books during the previous school year, but a policy approved by the school district's board of trustees last week requires staff to pull the books from shelves so that they can be reviewed again. The last minute book sweep is one of several changes in schools across the country that will restrict students' access to books in the new school year. Parents, school board officials, and lawmakers have recently challenged books at a pace not seen in years, with some of the most scrutinized books dealing with sexual and racial identity. Have no fear, though, American patriots. Jesus isn't going anywhere. Nope. Because in another infuriating move that uh, ironically goes against the Constitution, Texas has made it so that schools are required to hang donated signs that read, in God we trust. Yeah, so... We trust them. Quick recap. Donated books, even dictionaries, must be reviewed and approved by the state and committee. Donated Christian decorations from the local Hobby Lobby, not just approved, required to yeah, be posted. right next to the Live, Laugh, Love. Yeah, Let's that's... Let's fucking go. I mean, it's like a bunch of wine moms who are like, yeah. don't break the three laws. Live, laugh, and love. Uh, here's the local outlet, uh, Texas Tribune, on more, or with more on this absolutely frustrating law. A new law requiring Texas schools to display donated In God We Trust posters is the latest move by Republican lawmakers to bring Christianity into taxpayer-funded institutions. Under the law, Senate Bill 797, which passed during last year's legislative session, schools are required to display the posters if they are donated. And the donation part seems to be the obvious way to somehow get around the whole, you know, separation of church and state How'd that thing. get there? Because obviously right-wing and Christian organizations would immediately flood local schools with tacky sign donations, which is exactly what's happened. Here's more from that article. Senator Brian Hughes' In God We Trust poster law is also precisely written. Texas public schools or colleges must display the national motto in a conspicuous place, but only if the poster is donated or purchased by private donations. Hughes has already praised groups who are donating posters, and one of those groups happens to be Patriot, <coughs> Patriot Mobile, <laughs> a mobile service provider for Christians and patriots who are tired of all those secular phone plans and want something that certainly seems like it could be a honeypot. Is this the same as the Freedom Phone? I don't think it is, but it's it's pretty close. Uh, this is brilliant. Yeah, because I'm sure the service is dog shit. But they're like, well, we're the we're not doing censorship on here. We're not. This is not woke like Verizon and T-Mobile. It's pink. T-Mobile's pink. You want that on your phone? I mean, literally, it's Ugh. your. It's a mobile plan that where your money goes back into like stuff like this, like. Banning books, yeah, and and shit like this. It's funding packs that go out and cause chaos in the world. But yeah, if you sign up for that at this point, um, hopefully, you know I'm not in favor of mass surveillance. But uh, if you sign up for something uh, called Patriot Mobile, yeah, I hope you're on a list. I you're hope probably you're, being. I watched. hope you're being surveilled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, from the article. 
Patriot Mobile, a Texas-based cell phone company that donates a portion of its customers' phone bills to conservative Christian causes, on Monday donated several In God We Trust signs to all Carroll Independent School District campuses, claiming it is their mission to passionately defend our God-given constitutional rights and freedoms and to glorify God always, except for the part about separation between church and state. Mm -hmm. Don't like that part. Mm -hmm. Patriot Mobile has donated frame posters to many other school districts in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we will continue to do so until all the schools in the area receive them, the company said in a Facebook post. We are honored to be part of bringing God back into our public schools. Oh. Uh, add all of this to the, just the big stinking pile of issues that educators have to deal with, like low pay, constant emotional and physical abuse. And, you know, you can easily understand why there's a so-called teacher shortage right now, because who would want to deal with all this bullshit yeah. and get paid pennies for it. Come on. It's not surprising to see all of the articles about a teacher shortage. And it's like, okay, well, the shortage is literally caused by people not being able to do their jobs properly yeah. or being so frustrated with all of this bullshit that they just quit because the pay doesn't match what they're having to deal with. Yeah, I mean, at least like... At least for the longest time, if you were a teacher, that generally meant you got respect in the community. You're like, bless your heart. Now you're an enemy. Yeah, yeah. Now you it's the opposite. It's like, well, what's the fucking point? I make all these sacrifices. I make dirt cheap money. I never will save enough money to make any like upward mobility in my life. And everyone thinks I'm like a demon who's poisoning the minds of their children. Fuck this. Yeah, also any expendable income I have goes to purchasing school supplies yeah. because they're not provided. Yeah. And now all my school supplies have to get reviewed by the state. But uh, yeah, let's move on and save some of the rage that we have inside of us for the rest of this week's video because uh, videos because now it's time to provide you with an update regarding movie. Pass. Oh baby! Yes, it is very weird that an announcement and marketing materials re regarding the return of Movie Pass went out almost immediately after we mentioned the company on our most recent episode. It was like. You know who we haven't heard from in a long time? Movie Pass. Are they listening? It's like when we, uh, <laughs> the time that we were like, uh, you know, it really sucks that John Krasinski came out with this good news show and yeah. then fell off the face of the earth. And then like right when we said that, a day later they put up an episode. Uh, Everybody's watching. We yeah. are the main characters we of this are. world. Uh, so yeah, here's that update exclusively from Insider. Movie Pass, the movie theater ticket subscription startup that had a meteoric rise and fall, will relaunch in beta form on Labor Day, Insider can exclusively report. The waitlist will be open for five days on a first-come, first-served basis. It will be free to sign up with Movie Pass. All that's required is an email address and zip code. Once the waitlist closes, the initial group of beta users will be notified on Labor Day, September 5th, and will be offered three price tiers to choose from. Hmm. Mm. Okay. It continues. Prices will vary depending on the user's home market, but general pricing will be $10, $20, or $30 a month. Each subscription option will give the user a number of credits to use each month to see movies. There won't be an unlimited option during the beta version. According to MoviePass, the service has partnerships with 25% of theaters in the U.S. Users of the beta version will be able to order movie tickets through the app or can wait for their MoviePass card to come in the mail and use that at any theater box office that accepts MasterCard. Okay. Uh, uh, there was also like zero mention of anything having to do with cryptocurrency, which is, that's funny. And yeah. Also predictable. But, but like, yeah, they, it's a little weird. They, they made crypto such a big part of their rebranding pitch. Yeah. But that was when crypto was like still kind of riding high. Or even was it? Was it already on the decline? I think it was already on the downturn, but like at that point, no one knew how far it would fall. And yeah. also it was still, you know, 
in the height of companies who've been working on these crypto strategies to finally unveil their big plans. And a time where any company just saying that they have anything to do with crypto would get them investor money. So see now what they got to do is they got to say they got to they got to drop the metaverse buzzword, and like all it is is like a a movie pass like shirt that you can yeah you get put on your, in your like Roblox it, character. Yeah, yeah, like we're in the metaverse now. Yeah, uh, you can see a movie in the metaverse, but uh, don't tell anyone because it's illegal. But uh, this is it is strange that it's kind of just a prepaid gift card. Yeah, like I, I, I still don't see how they're gonna make any money though. Yeah, that's the thing. They're still losing money on every ticket purchase. So uh-huh. um, well, they're hoping that you don't go see movies and that you just keep flooding that card with money. I mean, that's that's what they did last time. Is like you try to you book a ticket, you go try to use it, and then be like, ah, well, actually, the problem is alas, like, <laughs> this, this product is specifically marketed for enthusiasts who yeah. will definitely take advantage. Yeah. and use it to its maximum potential. It's a great deal. Why? So, you'd be a fool not to. Again, the saga begins for MoviePass 2.0, and we are we are definitely here for it. But that's not all the updates for stories we've covered recently, because the completely unnecessary drug test that the Prime Minister of Finland had to take for having too much fun and being too hot came back negative. Yeah. It was just a good old-fashioned, yeah. self-made She's fun. high on those, uh, you know, Scandinavian vibes. Although, yes. is Finland part of Scandinavia? I think that's arguable. Hmm. Anyway, the prime minister, in case you, you missed the first time we talked about this, Finnish prime minister Santa Marin was in the news last week after videos were made public showing her dancing and partying with friends. You know, being a normal fucking person. Yes. Um, well, the response both locally and internationally was just outrage because everyone's, it really is, they're just jealous of her being hot, successful, and having friends who actually enjoy her company. It's That's really all it is. They are jealous. How dare her? Mm-hmm. Uh, from NPR. Some criticized her behavior, questioning her maturity and competency. Others called for Marin to take a drug test, which she took on Friday in response to the criticism. The test results came back negative on Monday, the Finnish government wrote on its website. So, bravo. Now she should be able to do drugs. Be like, all right, you passed. Yeah. We're not going to test you for a while, so if you really want to go ham with it, be our guest. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, I like it. But uh, speaking of girl bosses getting Ws... The woman accused of stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop during the January 6th insurrection will be able to go to the Renaissance Fair after all. Yeah. She has been granted you, permission. You can meet her and you can you can try to change her. Yes. Even though she is, uh, I, we might have downplayed this one. Like, she's like basically a fucking Nazi. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, she's terrible. She's like not not just like a crazy conservative, but like like Nazi-ish, Nazi-adjacent, probably Probably a fucking Nazi. Yeah, it was all over so. like uh, certain Discord channels bragging about stealing the laptop. Uh, yeah. Uh, potentially was looking for people to uh, sell it to, a uh, government laptop. So I mean, that's funny. Look, but it's uh, it's funny that someone steals Nancy Pelosi's laptop in theory. Yeah. Specifically when it's a person who in their mugshot looks normal and who likes Renaissance fairs. I just want to see the folder on her desktop that says stock picks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Release the stock picks. Yeah. A woman on house arrest for her involvement in the January 6th Capitol insurrection was granted an unusual exception. Riley Williams, who is in her 20s, is accused of stealing Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's laptop during the riot before later getting rid of it. She was placed on house arrest in January and has only been allowed to leave for work and health care needs. However, Williams petitioned a judge to let her attend an eight-hour renaissance fair the weekend of August 27th and 28th. 
Quote, she is confined to her home 24-7 with exceptions, said her lawyer, Lori Ulrich. Every once in a while, if there's an activity that interests her, we can ask if she can attend. And yeah, her petition was granted, allowing her to attend the event this coming weekend. Ooh! Anyway, let's switch gears once again to talk about how uh, two seemingly unrelated things have crossed paths, much to the amusement of everyone online. So a Colorado company specializing in delicious, juicy peaches is using the profits from its fruit business to, I don't know, investigate 9-11, I guess. Sure. So this story is actually a few years old now, but it was it was mainly contained to the surrounding areas. That all changed this past weekend when Twitter user MKA Ultra posted screenshots of the company website, adding that they are, quote, obsessed with Colorado's 9-11 truther peaches. <laughs> so at first it looks like a joke, but we, we obviously checked and yeah, Sure enough, the official website for Palisade Produce has a disclaimer right on top of their website in bold, red and white, that reads, Palisade Produce supports an honest investigation into the 911 terrorist attacks. And I mean, yeah, let's just take a look. Let's, let's look around, see how the local media covered this when it first came to light back in 2018. What do you think when you bite into a delicious Palisade peach? You thinking, man, that's juicy, or wow. I love summer in Colorado. One peach grower wants you to think 9-11 was an inside job. So the Twitter thread, along with the local news coverage, points out that all the boxes of Palisades peaches come with a 9-11 truther statement printed right onto the box. This is like the thing In-N-Out does, but like so much... Uh... In and out like crazier. hides it. Uh, it's just like, like the Psalms or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's like Mormon Bible verses. But like, imagine you open up, a, you finish your, your In-N-Out double-double and you're, you check the wrapper and it's like... Bush did 9-11. <laughs> yeah, but no, printed on the front too. Yeah. Like this, so on the on the side of the box it says Palisade Produce supports 9-11 Truth and Justice. See info on bottom of box. And yeah, let's let's flip this bad boy over and uh, see what it says. This is on the bottom of every box of peaches they ship. We must reopen the 9-11 Commission investigation. Irrefutable evidence of controlled demolition on 9-11 has been deliberately suppressed. Terrorists destroyed a third skyscraper that was never hit by a plane on that day of evil. World Trade Center 7 was not hit by a plane, yet fell in symmetric freefall into its own footprint. Please educate yourself concerning facts and demand action from your federal legislators. And yet, yeah, so the owner of this business claims that it's costing him a lot of customers. Yeah, that's sticking to your principles can be costly. Yeah, but he thinks the message is all worth it. And he also thinks that his loss of customers is actually a government conspiracy itself against him because he was charged with felony with a felony for operating an illegal marijuana grow operation. Dave Cox volunteered to me that he was also charged with felony marijuana growing. He says it's government retribution for his 9-11 trutherism. Well, they banned me from growing weed. I guess I'll just grow 9-11 truther peaches. Yeah. Kind of want to try the peaches, though. Uh, are they as good as Georgia peaches? Well, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out what what happened on 9-11 while we're at it. Yeah. This peach is delicious. Almost as delicious as uh, the fact that jet fuel cannot melt steel beams. But it can melt my delicious taste buds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, who's to say? Is it a government conspiracy for this guy? Or is it just uh, a guy who is way off the deep end on conspiracy theories and is using his business to spread the word? Probably the second one. Mm -hmm. Although there's no reason, there's really no need for a second 9-11 commission. Uh, the first one was very thorough. It's just like half of it's fucking redacted. Mm -hmm. So it would be cool if sometime in my lifetime we got to see the redacted sections unredacted. Probably a lot of interesting shit in there. Yeah. 
Uh, I think, well, after a certain period of time, it'll be declassified. They never will because, yeah. well, I, I don't know. I, I have my We'll theory. be dead. I have my theories. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to share them with you because I feel like YouTube wouldn't like that. No, you should, <laughs> you should buy them on whatever you're selling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, so, uh, start a farm and put, yeah. my, put my ideas on my fruits instead. <laughs> This is, uh, welcome to Elliot's Artichokes. Susan Wachicki can't stop me from sharing my views off YouTube through my fruit company. I think they can now, actually. Oh. Yeah. Is that how they took down, I'm not even going to say his name. Yeah, we haven't covered him. <laughs> I don't think we ever will. Anyways, uh, unfortunately, due to the large amount of attention and traffic, thanks to the story going viral again, the uh, very specifically labeled 9-11 investigation link on its website uh, now just goes to a 404 page. Damn. Big so, government. Yeah. They really got. Uh, they're really trying to take this man down. Him and his for peaches. Questioning the official narrative. They must be damn good peaches. Yeah, they're they're made with not just love but uh, uh, zeal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, and on the topic of unintentionally hilarious local news stories, a local slide in Michigan was reopened after being closed to the public during the pandemic only to be immediately shut down a few hours later after videos started appearing online of locals just getting the the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> just being thrown into the air by the slide's aggressive slopes. Mm -hmm. And look, we're sorry for laughing at this, but it's fucking hilarious, especially with the sound on. So we're just going to risk it and play the full clip with credit to the person who posted it and a link below. But if for some reason our video cuts right here and immediately skips to the outro, it's because we got a copyright strike for showing it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, here we links go. Links are down below, though. Uh, here's the local slide opened and then closed for potentially hurting people. <laughs> so, like, so this was opened before? It's, it's existed since the 60s? What? I don't know what's changed. Has gravity changed? I don't understand. Well, you know the Earth is spinning faster now. I guess. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it. But they used to have one of these like permanent at the state fair place in uh, Tampa, Florida. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we were dumb kids. So we would go on it with the intention of overdoing things. And we'd get uh, the like trays from McDonald's yeah. and go down on that. And it would like, it would shoot you off the slide. But you know, like like the people here, you're a kid. Your bones are made of rubber. Yeah. You... It actually gives you a little bit of character. You walk it off. Yeah. And then you put the uh, McDonald trays under the car wheels and do donuts in the parking lot. Easy way to drift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, here's a story. Here's the story about this from local outlet Michigan Live. A grand reopening for one of Michigan's most famous slides <laughs> was, was swiftly followed by its indefinite closure. The giant slide on Detroit's Belle Isle was closed Friday afternoon, about five hours after it was reopened. Officials from the Michigan Department of Natural Resources announced in a statement on the Belle Isle Park Facebook page, quote, we are going to be making some adjustments to the speed <laughs> that we have seen users coming down today, hmm. officials said. Hopefully, after our small adjustment, we will be back up and running, and the slide will be slower for more enjoyment. I honestly think there was probably more enjoyment happening at the breakneck speeds, literally. Yeah, this is some action park shit. Yeah. This is like a thing. They're going to change this. They're going to make this slide woke and safe. They're going to make this slide a safe space. It's going to be a giant rainbow. And all these kids are going to grow up and be and reminisce about how they... Uh... The slide won't work at all because it's all cushions. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's just a big hug box. <laughs> this is what this is the slide the Democrats want. It's yeah. just flat. Doesn't even go down. Yeah. They're coming for your, for your fun times now. Yep. Can't even injure a child on a slide anymore without Kamala Harris... Uh, <laughs> And then Joe Brandon shaking their shaking their fingers. It never happened under Trump. 
Yeah. In fact, they would have built more slides. Under Trump, we would have gotten that roller coaster. Or we, under Trump, we would have gotten the, the, the attraction that the guy on Something Awful designed like 15 years ago, uh, the, zip, the zip line that uh, would, like, someone ran the actual physics math and was like, this would kill anyone that uses it. <laughs> yeah, there was like the suicide coaster too. Yeah, there's that. Where it's like increasingly smaller yeah. loops. Where the G-force just drains, you pass out drains and you the blood from your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's it for today's episode. If you haven't seen it already, our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News dives once again back into the... RazzleCon! The Versace battle win! The fascinating lives of RazzleCon and Dutch. Yeah. The crypto... New lore. Yeah, the new lore just dropped from the crypto heist people behind the billion dollar... Three billion dollars, something like that. Uh, totally. Uh, well, who knows? Who knows anymore? The money changes values. Uh, and then our most recent episode of News Dump goes into uh, Ezra Miller's apology and whether or not it's real and will uh, keep them out of trouble for the next 10 months. Guess we'll see. Yeah. Check those out. Uh, click the subscribe button. Join if you want to. Leave a comment and a like. And we'll see you soon for some tech news. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.